everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's the video version if you want to see my uh, handsome face. Otherwise, you can check the audio-only version on your favorite podcasting platforms at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So, I gotta play a little catch-up on this episode here because, man, I have just had so much going on the last couple of weeks. So, uh, while yes, I'm gonna be talking about Smile tonight in our main review, I'm also gonna be talking about the most recent episode of Chucky, episode 5 of season 2, Doll on Doll. Now... If you go back, you'll be able to find my review of episode four, Death on Denial, which was a fantastic kind of bottle episode by itself, focusing on uh, Tiffany and a murder mystery party she decides to whip up in the, uh, the case of murdering a detective at her home. So... Uh, we're going to get to that there. That'll be another review for sure. But tonight we are talking smile and we are talking episode five of Chucky doll on doll. So if you recall, if you recall episode three left off with a new Chucky we're calling buff Chucky, Hulk Chucky, uh, whatever you want to call him, muscle Chucky there facing off against the, uh, rehabilitated or, um, I don't know what you want to say. Uh, tortured good Chucky inside of Father Bryce's office. Now, we know that this good Chucky is currently not hunting the kids. We don't know for sure whether or not this conditioning, whether this reprogramming is going to take for sure. But at least right now, it does seem like the good Chucky has the kids' best interest at heart. And the two Chuckies get into a fight where we expect, of course, the bulk Chucky, Hulk Chucky, to take the good one out. But surprisingly, surprisingly, good Chucky manages to win the fight and crucifies Hulk Chucky inside of Bru uh, Father Bryce office now of course the rift between uh between devin and uh and and jake begins to grow more and more we've already been seeing a lot of issues this season between these two with jake not uh visiting devin as much as he had promised to and then with the reemergence of chucky into their lives unfortunately too having to have that have their relationship take a back seat obviously again as i've said before being in a catholic school has not been conducive and devin unfortunately has suffered more than jake when it comes to punishment and retribution at this new school and he's not having a good time with it now keep in mind jake devin and lexi have all lost somebody to chucky okay they're none of them are immune from this and devin and lexi are very very much holding on to that anger and that pain from what they've lost whereas jake maybe is looking for a way to comfort his own uh his own failings in his head um what he feels that he is the blame for the death of gary his uh foster brother who he lost in the first episode of the season now devin doesn't believe that though devin Devin doesn't knows for a fact it wasn't Jake's fault, obviously, but he has taken that uh, he has taken that to heart. The fact that Jake is looking to work with this good Chucky and give him another chance, which is coming, uh, bringing some interesting developments as uh, Jake and uh, 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 excuse me, what am I saying here? Um, oh Lord, Jake and Nadine go and baptize the new Chucky to try to give this new Chucky a whole new outlook on life and uh jake and nadine basically becoming the parents of good chucky while devin is again caught 
red-handed with another Chucky doll as he goes to clean up buff Chucky in Father Bryce's office and Father Bryce walks in on him. Now, this brings back about Dr. Mixter, who's responsible for our threesome being sent off to the Catholic school in the first place. Now, we were wondering, we were very much wondering at the beginning of this season what Dr. Mixter's motivation was for sending these three to this Catholic school. Just because there's not really a big reason to save these three at all. She also happened to have a uh, what we're going to call a Tiffany doll, or at least a doll that resembles the doll that Tiffany at one point uh, was inside of there. So... I think we always had an inkling that something was off with Dr. Mixter and she shows up again to basically stick up once again for Devin and Jake where Father Bryce wants to send them back to jail after this recent development but she's again fighting, 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 fighting to try to save these two and keep them in the school as opposed to being sent off to jail. Now, of course, none of this is helping things out and the plot thickens even more as we find out evil chucky the bulk chucky hulk chucky is not dead yet and actually recovers in front of sister ruth who we don't know whether or not she's worshiping him as maybe she knows who chucky or charles lee ray is or she's seeing this as a sign of god but it's not good for anybody no matter how you slice it as we clearly know that sister ruth doesn't seem to have the boys uh, uh have our threesome team uh, with their best interests in heart at all so this is not a good sign in the least bit and meanwhile, while Jake and Nadine are taking Chucky through his baptism and trying to help him re rehabilitate more and more and more, uh, Lexi and Devin find uh, decide they're going to look more into Chucky's phone again, especially after the dis disappearance of Trevor's body. Somebody else is working hard here at this school. We don't know. Another Chucky doll has not shown up yet, but we know there's probably more out there. But going through the now good Chucky's phone, they begin to find a trail of breadcrumb of photos that lead them to a cabin in the woods where they see the colonel who has been communicating with the now good Chucky, uh, who is this bald Chucky who is torturing Andy. Andy is still alive. And folks, one thing that we knew from episode four is that Kyle is alive as well too. So all of Chucky's enemies are still out there, but unfortunately, and this is something big, Andy is finally in a place to where he's not safe from Chucky. I know what you're thinking. We've seen plenty of movies now where Andy hasn't been safe from Chucky, but usually he gets away and like usually Chucky hasn't been trying to kill him at least until we got to, uh, it got to cult of Chucky. All right. That was really the big one to where Chucky was done and just do uh, absolutely done with Andy. And this was going to be the ending of it. But now he has Andy, he's torturing him, but the plot gets even thicker as we find out that Dr. Mixter is there as well too. We have no idea what their relationship is, but Dr. Mixter is definitely involved in this in some way, somehow. So we're going to figure something out. We're going to get more answers, obviously, as this keeps going on and on. But things are getting crazy in the world of Chucky. And that doesn't even cover what's going on with Tiffany. As, remember, Glinda drove off with Kyle, uh, who the two of them basically concocted a plan to rescue Nika and get her away from Tiffany. Now, Glenn stayed behind, and uh, Glenn is still trying to figure out 
what these nightmares that they're having about their past. These nightmares are obviously coming from Seed of Chucky to where we know that Glenn Glinda was murdering a bunch of people as both Chucky and Tiffany were vying for control of their kid. And Tiffany refuses to divulge any information about Glenn and Glinda's past unless they reveal where Nika is actually at. But unfortunately things take an even darker turn as we find out that jennifer tilly is still alive remember in seed of chucky tiffany took over jennifer tilly's body and while we all probably assume that was it for jennifer tilly because tiffany took over her career at that point and did a few other roles and that was it kind of retired from like the acting life but we figured that was it for jennifer tilly but surprise surprise Jennifer Tilly is alive and is inhabiting the Tiffany doll. We find out that she's been playing poker, which is kind of funny. It's the real nod to Jennifer Tilly, uh, that she's been doing online poker for Tiffany for the last 20 years at this point, making her a little bit of money. And she's still there for whatever reason. Jen uh, Tiffany has not killed Jennifer Tilly off. But when Jennifer's sister Meg has still stayed behind because she's noticing something different is going on with Tiffany and Jennifer's body. She's unfortunately murdered. That's right. Actress Meg Tilly along with Joey Pants. It's crazy to think of the Chucky world that actors Joey Pants and Meg Tilly are now dead and Gina Gershon is a murderer. Like that's ridiculous to actually think about. I love how crazy this Chucky series absolutely is. But then Tiffany decides to reveal to Glenn, the Glenn Glenda doll from Sea of Chucky, as they go out in search of Nika and Glenda. So who knows what's going to happen. Um, I have a feeling that Glenn and Glenda could both end up back inside uh, the doll because both of them talk about how they don't feel complete. I feel that these answers that they're getting are just going to cause more and more confusion to them. So what I'm hoping here is that they both end up back in the doll. But we do know Jennifer Tilly is still alive inside of the Tiffany doll. And there's got to be something coming out of that. But it's also just insane to think that all of Chucky's enemies are still out there. Uh, Andy is still out there. Kyle is still out there as well. Chucky hasn't really made a lot of progress. And that puts... Chucky in a very interesting spot because with all these dolls out there, we again don't know how many are left. The kids and Chucky's old nemesis are all still in danger at this point. A lot of developments on it here. And I know we have the new episode uh, that should be on right now. He is risen. And we're going to find out where we're going with it. So keep staying tuned for more information on the next episode of Chucky, y'all. And with that, Let's get to our main review tonight, folks. We are talking Smile. This is the uh, little horror movie that could. Some of you have probably, uh, I've probably heard about this. There was a short film called Laura Hasn't Slept. Um, and written by Parker Finn, who actually came back to write and direct this film as well, too, that talks about a therapist, a ther therapist, therapist played by Sosie Bacon, who, after witnessing the bizarre suicide of one of her patients, goes through uh, these disturbing experiences where she's being haunted by something that's very clearly supernatural. Now, if you see this, there's a lot of similarities here to some other films that kind of take the same kind of idea. I think uh, it's very easy to think of movies like It Follows or The Ring or The Grudge or one of my favorites, 
drag me to hell to where somebody uh whether they're witnessing something or they do something to you know uh to piss a demon or or a ghost or some kind of entity off and they're basically marked for death in a certain amount of time now each of these uh of these movies i've named have all had varied success when it comes to one being scary and two about the lore that they're actually uh that they're using um and drag me to hell it helped that we got sam raimi's very creepy style which serves so so well for that movie that movie still gives me chills when i think about it because it's hilarious but there are some genuine jump scares in there uh the lamia is a uh, was a scary scary villain uh that still i love going back to that movie um and obviously it follows is just that is a that is a generational film. I mean, the fact that you take, uh, we talk about sex so brazenly, and we use sex as the, the, the device for this demon, the device for this evil that's killing all of these people. Like, I think that is such an interesting concept uh, to utilize. And of course, there's Mika Monroe, who is a fantastic, is uh, a scream queen in her own right. And while Smile has this great idea to where, you know, you witness a gruesome, gruesome suicide and basically what that's eventually going to lead you to is this demon overtaking your body and then forcing you to commit suicide in, from some, in front of somebody else, which carries this curse on and on and on. And it's not a bad premise. I think that's a great premise for these kind of like curse kind of movies. But I think the problem with these movies, though, is that depending on the curse depending on the backstory that you're going with it helps to have a bit of a high body count it helps to have other victims drag me to hell works isolated i thought because the only victim we're really concerned about is allison loman's character is, is our main character like things are creepy enough this demon is scary enough the things that are happening to her these hauntings are so terrifying um as she try as she is trying to break this curse and she has realistic options that when things eventually get down to the wire and uh unfortunately it doesn't really work out too well for uh too well for her we're already scared shitless at that point the ending that dragged me to hell is an absolute phenomenal ending it's a phenomenal phenomenal ending um it follows a fantastic film as well to where again there can be more victims in it because this curse can be passed back and forth very very quickly like it doesn't have to stay on the same person this can easily be passed around uh, and that's what makes it kind of terrifying is that it's not just about one person the ring even um it's all about that videotape if you watch that videotape you will die like seven days like multiple people can die if you have 20 people watch this tape all 20 of those people are gonna die um the grudge even i'm not a big fan of the grudge but very easy to get cursed by this and again multiple people can die in it i think where smile falters is that unfortunately rose is really the only one who is at the brunt of everything that's going on and while yeah the image of what this demon can do especially towards the end is very scary i don't know if i think it was strong enough to really really carry the film throughout it like there's a point to where when rose is trying to investigate what this evil is you know she goes to her ex uh joel played by kyle Gallner, uh who you might know from nightmare on elm street amongst other things fantastic actor um and she goes to joel and uh like is looking back at all these connections like to what this curse could be and we get to see all these various other suicides that have happened and sure that adds some gross out factor to it but overall 
I don't know if I thought the scares were strong enough to really hold this movie up. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with the characters themselves. I think Rose is a fantastic protagonist because um, I, I find it fascinating that we're showing a character who has dealt with her own trauma and her own, uh, you know, her own mental, mental illness coming from that. And she's decided to kind of pay it forward and put it into pro something productive by helping others out kind of in the same exact field. I think that's a fantastic setup for this character. But I think the downside of it, though, is just, again, there's nobody else who's suffering from this. Like, it is just Rose. And I don't, I don't know if that's captivating enough. And I don't mean to knock it. Like, I still enjoyed the film for sure. But... I just wish there was a little bit more. I wish this was something to where it's like, oh, five or six people could see like uh, see these suicides going on and they're all affected by it at the same time. So it's a rush for these, like for a group of friends maybe to figure out what's going on. And that's not to say that Rose can't carry it. Again, Sosie Bacon does an amazing job as Dr. Cotter. But I, I just feel that this didn't, this wasn't as effective as Drag Me to Hell, which is also a one victim kind of movie, to where, uh, to, to where, like, I felt like the stakes are really that big. Like, ultimately, this this seemed like very very clear on what the answer was, and it's a it's a little spoiler, a little spoiler I'm going to give you. But the whole idea is that this only gets transferred if somebody observes this happening. Like, if somebody observes this suicide, that is the only way for this curse to get transferred. So technically, if you were to go and isolate yourself, strap yourself down, whatever the case is that kind of ends it at that point right like there's another solution that's provided in the film um and we don't really get much uh you know much much meat with that one there but it seems the simple solution is to isolate yourself and if you do that that that's kind of it and it dragged me to hell like the whole idea was that it, it was that allison loman's character could pass this on just by cursing somebody else like it was very simple um like she didn't have to actually kill anybody she didn't have to actually hurt anybody yeah they'd be damned to hell but she didn't actually have to like hurt anybody in order for this to work whereas in smile the concept here is that rose would have to actually hurt somebody to transfer this curse on and nothing we've seen in the in the film there and this is a testament to rose nothing we've seen about rose in this film shows that she would do that she is a truly good person and especially the fact that she was recovering for her own trauma you just can't really see that character making a choice like it and i think that's probably where it falters the most is that it doesn't really seem like there's much of a way of an out here so if we had more characters who were dealing with this at the same time, maybe then we could deal with that moral amb ambiguity with them as opposed to Rose, who we know is just not going to take that route. Especially because there's nobody that's really set up as like that character she could do it to. And Drag Me to Hell, Allison Lohman's co-worker was set up as this evil, evil person that she could probably pass this curse on to. The person that cursed her. It was told that she could pass the curse back on to, on, onto the gypsy that cursed her in the first place as well too. So there's these options that actually make a lot of sense. But in Smile, there's not really an option. Like her, uh, her, her current guy, Trevor, played by Jesse T. Usher from uh, The Boys, you might know, and Independence Day, uh, Independence Day Two Resurgence, whatever it's called. Um, like he's an asshole in the film, but it's not enough to justify like what she would have to do in order to pass this curse on him. Same with like her boss. Her boss is actually like a good guy as well. Her sister, who is this conceited, self-titled like uh, like brat in the film, again. 
None of these characters do enough to where it makes sense for Rose to pass this curse on to him. And that's the big problem with it is that it it, it means that it ha all this has to stay with Rose. All this has to stay with Rose and she has to be a victim. And that doesn't really make for a compelling story, honestly. Because there's nothing she's really considering doing that could push her into that evil kind of realm. So... It's worth the watch. There's some fun jump scares in it for sure. Um, I would like to see a sequel. It very clearly sets up uh, sets up for a sequel. And that's a big thing here is that obviously it's setting up for a big sequel. And this movie has made $200 million on a $17 million budget. So don't be shocked if we get a sequel, honestly. Um, and I'm hoping that we can get some expansion here of the lore in a sequel. Like maybe there's higher stakes at that point. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping for something a little bit different with it. Again, great cast in this film for sure. Um, good jump scares, but I just don't think there's enough meat on the bones here to make it one of the better horror movies that I've seen this year. Either way, it is available on, uh, uh it is available right now for y'all to, uh, go ahead and check this out here. It's coming to, uh, it's coming to, di uh, to dist physical media, uh, in December, uh, it's still in theaters right now as well, too. Check it out, folks. This one is Smile. Hey, everybody. I appreciate you checking out this video, whether it was a review, whether it was a new episode, whether it was an unboxing, an interview, or whatever else. I want to remind you, you can check out my separate reviews also on my YouTube page. And new full episodes go up every Wednesday night on YouTube at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and on your favorite podcasting platforms at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like, and share. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.